Discerning a Call to Ministry on this edition of Truth and Love. I'm Heath Lambert, and you're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors, where we seek to provide biblical solutions for the problems that people face. One problem that many people face as they are considering whether they should follow the Lord into a ministry position is whether the Lord actually would have them to do that. And I am excited to host this week on the podcast our guest, Dr. Jason Allen, who is the president of Midwestern Seminary and who is the author of a book, Discerning Your Call to Ministry. Dr. Allen, we are really glad that you're with us on the podcast this week uh, to talk about a question that is of crucial relevance to so many people who are pursuing ministry in the Lord Jesus Christ. It was a question that I struggled with for years before I finally got sorted out, and I know there's many listening to us this week that are struggling as well, so we're glad you're here. Thank you, Heath. It's a delight to be with you. You're a good friend. I so appreciate the work you're doing with ACBC, and uh, man, what a great topic for us to visit about a few minutes today. Well, so what is a call to ministry? How do we take that term out of the clouds and have it really mean something? What is it? Yeah, and that is the million-dollar question. And if I could just be a touch personal here for a few moments, um, I wrote the book two years ago, came out last year, part, obviously, to shepherd, to explain, to bring along young men and, and young women who are wrestling with the call to ministry. But also I wrote a touch autobiographical based upon my own life. I grew up in a large Southern Baptist church, a conservative church, saw many people called to ministry, and always was mystified by that by that process. And to complicate matters all the more, as, a, as an adolescent, as a teenager, I would see people come back from youth camp, what have you, and go public with their call to ministry, but it never seemed to really to really take off. And so I just did not understand any of that. I become a believer my freshman year in college. So though I was reared in church, I did not personally give my life to to, to Christ until I was a freshman in college. And then over the next couple of years, especially kind of my junior year in college, was really wrestling with this call to ministry. And that was the word wrestling, not because I was afraid or was reluctant to uh, to follow God's call if that was there, but because I didn't know what the what the call even meant, what it was. I did not know what one should feel if one was being called to ministry. Mm-hmm. And I had distantly perceived it as, as really mystical, as really subjective. And, and to me, it was just a big web of confusion. And so through steps and through some wise counselors and through just some very kind providence of God, I began to connect dots and understand what was taking place. For me, what was tripping me up most especially was I had this burning desire for ministry. Yeah. And I was even engaging in ministry in my own little lay ways, teaching essential class, doing outreach, preaching in some prisons. But I thought that a a desire for ministry, a passion for ministry may have been prideful or something that, that shouldn't be there. And then for me, it was so liberating when I was pointed to 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7, and that first verse, you know, if any man aspires to the work of overseer, it's a fine work he desires to do. That, and then shortly thereafter, I was given Charles Spurgeon's lecture to my students, where he talks about the first sign of a call to ministry is this intense, all-absorbing desire. So for me, man, that was so liberating. And then I began to have some local church involvement, began to understand more clearly from the scriptures what a call to ministry would mean, how my life would be channeled, and it began to clarify itself. I just want to come back and say there are probably some listening to this podcast that uh, that have men around them processing call to ministry who are processing call to ministry. And if you're like me and you were just you were con- you were confused, you were mystified by it all. The scriptures are indeed liberating when you process them in light of your call. Oh my goodness! Okay, so 
I've never heard you talk about that before, but that is very nearly identical to the situation that I went through. And even that very text was just this illuminating text for me as a mentor sat down in, in his office and opened that up to me. And I just thought, oh, yeah, there it is right there. So that is just so fascinating that uh, the Lord did that in your life and almost the same exact way he did it in mine. When we talk about the desire for ministry mm-hmm. as one key element of the call to ministry, what are some things that a guy or a girl should be desiring as they think about ministry? Because we both know there's plenty of things that you could desire about ministry that are bad. You could right, have right. bad things that you want. Sure. What are some good desires for ministry? Yeah, so in my book, I unpack this pretty thoroughly and I think in, in helpful ways. And so I'm not going to try to repressionate all that here, but let's just go back to one one main desire. And that is a desire and an ability to, to teach and or preach the word. Mm-hmm. So as you know, Heath, when one looks at, let's say, the qualifications of the pastor, First Timothy 3, you contrast that list, compare that list, to the quali- that list to the qualifications of the deacon. They're very similar as far as the character expectations and so forth. But one gift, one ability every elder must have, every pastor must have, is this ability to teach. Now, I don't take that in the most narrow sense that you have to be able to, you know, to preach to a thousand people, but you have to have a desire and a facility to open God's word, whether it's to teach it more in a counseling, you know, ACBC settings, to teach it more, you know, to students in a, in a student ministry, or to preach the word to the multitude. You have to have this facility, this uh, this ability, and this desire to actually want to get into the text and bring it to bear. And I want to just add a footnote here. I think it's really two pronged. Some guys really like to preach; they don't like to study. Other people kind of like to study; they don't like to preach. It, it really is both. You need to have yeah. a desire to to want to know the text, to to exegete the text, and then a desire to, to teach that text and to bring it to bear. Mm. Okay, so you struggled through your own call to ministry. Now you preside over a seminary with thousands of people who are struggling through a call to ministry. What are some common misunderstandings that you see that are out there that ought to be corrected about a call to ministry? Yeah, you know, Heath, I think one word that's been both a sweet word but also at times a confusing word over the years has been the word surrender, surrendering to ministry. So for me, to go back to to my own story, this was very confusing. I would hear that phrase thrown around, surrendering to ministry, and as a 14-, 17-year-old boy, I thought that meant that ministry was something like you did not want to do. You did you, you did not want to do, but God kind of you know tracked you down and finally ultimately I relent, I surrender, I'll I'll take on this life I don't want to do. Now, I don't think that's what my pastor meant and I don't think that's what a lot of people of goodwill meant. Yeah. Nor do I think that's a biblical concept. What I understand now they meant and what I experienced personally is surrender doesn't mean I'm undertaking a life I don't want to undertake. It means I'm surrendering my agenda. God, I'll go where you call me to to go. I'll do what you call me to do within this context of ministry. So I think clarification around that, again, it's healthy to desire the ministry. Surrendering doesn't mean a life that, you know, I I really hate, but I'm going to do it because God won't let me up. Mm -hmm. Uh, But but, but surrendering my rights, my ambition, my goals, uh, my future to what God would have me to do. The, the other thing I would say here, Heath, just quickly is specifically as it relates to seminary, one of the things that I find on our campus occasionally is young men or women who are studying for some sort of ministry, and it's not crystal clear what that is. And they may feel a little inadequate or a little like they're, they should have this, this clarity that in 18 months I want to be pastoring, in two years I want to be planning a church, in three years I want to be on the mission field. And I tell our students, look, relax. I mean, that, that's okay if in your first semester at seminary you don't have – 
ultimate clarity as to what this call to ministry will mean. That's a part of seminary, and a part of being mentored for ministry is you your self-awareness grows. You have elders and, and older, you know, wise counselors speak into your life as to what your gifts are and help to refine that calling. And so over a period of years, then you get a greater sense of clarity as to specifically the role in ministry God has equipped you for. Good. Somebody's listening to this, and it could be that what happened to you when calling started to get clarified in your mind and heart and what happened to me when calling started to get clarified in my mind and heart, that they're just clarification happening. And that desire is starting to just pierce through a lot of confusion. And they say, this is something I want to do. What would you say to that person are some next steps they need to take? Yeah, I would say three things and uh, in this order. The first would be to approach your pastor or a staff member, an elder in your local church. Uh, the call to ministry gets refined and affirmed in the context of the local church. So go talk to your pastor. You know, This doesn't mean you're signing up for ministry. It just means that there's something going on in your heart and you want his input. So seek a pastor or a staff member or, or an elder in your church. Secondly, and I don't mean this self-servingly, uh, I would encourage you to grab my book, Discerning Your Call to Ministry, put out by Moody Press. You can get it at any Christian bookstore, any Lifeway has them, because it deals with all these practical issues. The third thing I would say is uh, if this if this is really beginning to take to take shape and you believe this is more than a passing interest, but but based upon your heart assessment and your pastor's assessment and your personal investigation, you believe God may be indeed setting you apart for ministry, explore seminary, explore training. Uh, I lead Midwestern Seminary. Our website is mbts.edu. Uh, we're not the only seminary out there. Praise God, there are a number of healthy seminaries. But I have to say, there aren't that many healthy seminaries. So be intentional about the institution you choose to study at. You're listening to Truth and Love, a podcast of ACBC. If you'd like more information about Dr. Allen's ministry at Midwestern, you can visit him at mbts.edu. I want to recommend you pick up his book, Discerning Your Call to Ministry. And if you'd like more information about ACBC, you can find us at biblicalcounseling.com.